Welcome to the Locked On Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hope everyone had a great weekend and you got some rest and you had some fun. I got to step out of my zone a little bit and cover the University of Pittsburgh's basketball team, the Panthers, in a tight loss, but it was still fun. Got to go to the Peterson Events Center do some basketball. That was a nice little change of pace. But, of course, I'm still always on our Pittsburgh Steelers. And there was a big weekend. A huge weekend. Maybe the biggest and hugest weekend of when it comes to off-season news for the 2020 year. We'll get into why that is. Then we'll, then I'll dip into just a, a kind of a, I guess, a, a public service announcement to Steelers fans and things that you can avoid doing to to make yourself look rough uh, during the offseason. And then, of course, we'll finish off Monday with a mock draft Monday where I will go over Joe Marino's latest mock draft on the Draft Network, which actually has two rounds. So we will be able to talk about the Steelers' first pick. And we'll go over who won the best locked-on Steelers mock draft Monday with the submissions that all of you made on our Facebook group for for Locked On Steelers. Let's get into it. All right, buddy. Okay, so let's just dive right into it. This isn't really a surprise. If you're a Steelers fan, you're you're probably you probably are already aware that this happened. If you're if you're on social media, but some of you aren't, and you listen to this show, so I appreciate you. So let's just cut to the drum roll, please. Ben Roethlisberger was seen on social media, throwing a football. Now, why was this big? Well, because last Friday, it was the, it was, was the day that we were all supposed to hear and understand if Ben Roethlisberger um, was, was going to get his follow-up interview or follow-up uh, meeting with his doctor and uh, the specialist to see where his elbow was post-surgery, how far along it was going, and whether or not that he will be able to begin throwing just small objects like tennis balls and other things that would uh, help him on his on his road to the recovery. Well, Ben Roethlisberger wasn't throwing small objects. He was throwing a football. Now, it was only just a simple video, but it sent the Steelers social media world a buzzing and it was really just it, it was it was something very different the Steelers normally uh they they, they release formal statements and, and people were panicking because you know when it wasn't released Friday I think it was released Saturday when it wasn't released Friday people were like oh was there bad news was was it was this horrible is this is is Ben Roethlisberger not coming back people were kind of panicking and the Steelers they didn't release a statement they released a simple video of just Ben just stepping back stepping forward and throwing the football now you know a lot of people think that you know oh man there's there was it's so funny it's so funny how people look at this video and they think that they know everything about science and medicals and and where ben roethlisberger's you know actually at you know there are a lot of people saying oh well look at the way he threw the ball it's obvious that he doesn't have any zip on his pass anymore there's no way that that the Steelers could win with that and it's like okay calm down guy no one's saying that Ben Roethlisberger is ready right now to get out there and lead the Steelers uh with his elbow as is but it's just the fact that he's able to throw a football at all it's a very delicate injury and a delicate surgery that he had 
um, on his on his elbow. He's 38 years old. There's a lot of reasonable um, takes for the for, for for anyone to be skeptical about whether or not he could come back and be successful. So it's also reasonable for people to be a little nervous and a little anxious about whether he'd be able to recover. So seeing this is just another good sign and a long line of good signs for what's going on with Ben Roethlisberger. Everything that they've said about his timetable has come to pass. Everything that you've wanted to see about making sure that his surgery was okay is on track. This is a very good sign. And you could even say, I guess, by throwing a football, that it's actually ahead of schedule. Now, yes, it's very possible that the throwing of the football is just for show for right now. And he's really going to just be throwing tennis balls over the next two months because that's the schedule the, the schedule that he was on. But it's also possible that, who knows, maybe he is ahead of schedule. Ben Roethlisberger's known for making faster recoveries than most people expected. He's known for being a tough guy. Again, I've said on this very show where he's this, this is the same quarterback that has, has had his nose broken in the middle of a football game and then come back to throw a, a game-winning touchdown pass. I would not... I would not be too shocked if he if he just happened to recover from this a little faster than normal and you saw him out there in the in OTAs, you know, throwing the football around a little bit early. So um that that of course is huge. Um if you want to go see the video, it's on uh it's on the Pittsburgh Steelers Twitter account. I also retweeted it on my Twitter account at Carter Critiques. I said that's no tennis ball he's throwing there. And people, Steelers fans are delighted. And you should be. You spent a whole year, yeah, you, you, you spent a whole year watching Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges, and the Steelers still almost made the playoffs with those guys. Now the idea that you might get your general back in Ben Roethlisberger, well, that that, that that's too good to just pass up. So um, and, and it's it's something that I think I think Steelers fans got to kind of experience what it's like to be some of these other teams out here that have been working with like Case Keenum or Kyle Allen or uh, you know just just bad quarterback play in general. So uh, so so now after seeing that they're kind of like oh we want our franchise quarterback back. And not that everyone's like that. A lot of you out there, you're you're loyal Pittsburgh Steelers fans that understand the game and understand that Ben Roethlisberger and franchise quarterbacks like him are are not a dime a dozen. So um, but but that, that's exactly why people are so excited to see this and why they're freaking out right now. I just think that the Steelers are very fortunate that this is going well, and. Um, when when I when you look at this, um, there was a really funny cut up someone did of um, Ben Roethlisberger in this just this short little clip of video. They they did it like they they posted it four or five times over and again, and it was just Ben Roethlisberger dropping back, and then you know the video would cut to uh, Juju Smith-Schuster catching a touchdown pass from last season, and then Deontay Johnson, and then James Washington. Uh, it was it was kind of funny. And then there was one, and then the, the the last one actually had Thaddeus Moss, the tight end from LSU, who I'll get into later this week about where I see him and the other tight ends. But it was still uh, it was still kind of cool, and um, you know I think that I think that everyone should be excited. Steelers fans have been kind of just taking it on the chin for the past year, um, you know, missing the playoffs for a second year in a row, missing their quarterback, then missing Stephon Tuitt. Uh, so it's it's kind of exciting to be to be a Steelers fan right now because you you weathered the storm. You, they still didn't have a losing record. They still didn't fall off the cliff like a lot of teams do when they lose their franchise quarterbacks. The Packers, um, 
and uh, you look at that and you're thinking, um, you're thinking, man, like you, they they made it through that. They they didn't fall off a cliff and they're still competitive. Now they're getting that guy back. Wow, I got a reason to be excited. So be excited, Steeler Nation. But hold that excitement for the next segment. I'm gonna go to a quick commercial break. I'll be right back talking about some other things that I saw in reaction to Ben Roethlisberger and where you can kind of do yourself a, a, some service as a Steelers fan. All right, listen up, guys. You know you guys can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed with Blue Chew. And that's BlueChew.com and blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. That's F-R-E-E, free. When you use our special promo code NFL, just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code NFL, to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, welcome back. Let's move on a little bit. First, I, I would be remiss to announce a sort of a lack of news that we got over the weekend. I apologize for the misinformation that the Steelers' compensatory pick was going to be announced Friday. We all thought it was. It wasn't. In fact, nobody's compensatory picks were announced Friday. So now it's sort of a wait-and-see approach on what's going on here. Um, I don't know what to say about this, but, you know, all the sources that I talked to, everyone kind of expected it. But this is kind of what happens with compensatory picks, right? We don't know. I mean, there's there's, there's supposedly a formula. No one actually knows a formula. It's sort of a, a something that people have kind of just figured out over the years and just they've guessed to say, okay, it seems like this is how they determine it, um, and it sort of seems like this is when they normally determine it. The NFL is very mysterious about how they go about it. It's why compensatory picks are ridiculous, and the system itself needs to be more made made more public so that we kind of understand what's going on here, and uh, there's no questions about who got jobbed over every year. Anyways, um, keep an eye out for that. Uh, as, soon as, that as soon as that happens, I will be here on the show talking about it. So, there's that. But I wanted to really spend this segment talking about um, an aspect that sort of happened just kind of based off of the Ben Roethlisberger news um, that kind of got Steelers' social media world a buzzing. And it was because Le'Veon Bell was one of the many, uh, many players on Twitter that were congratulating Ben Roethlisberger and, you know, wishing him well, you know, based off of his off of his video. Several people were posting about it, but Le'Veon Bell, former Steelers running back, second round pick that they couldn't pay, and he went on to to join the New York Jets. Um, he he retweeted just saying prayers for a speedy recovery, brother, with a with a uh, a sort of a flexing emoji and then two hands up as if he's pr praying for him. Uh, you know that was you know it was a cool little gesture there, but it's crazy how one little thing just gets everyone in Steelers world in a frenzy. And I'm gonna I'm gonna help you guys, loyal listeners, fans of the show, be a step above where a lot of people 
are. Well, a lot of Steelers fans are. And that's because as, so- as soon as this as this tweet came out, there was a bombardment. There was a barrage. There was a cascading effect of just all these Steelers fans saying, Le'Veon Bell, come back, come back. You know, and and, and you're like, oh man, you gotta you gotta reunite with the Steelers. And everyone was just pouring it on. And I'm not begrudging anyone who wants Le'Veon Bell to come back. Um, I, I, he's a great running back. He was, a, he was a great running back for the Steelers. Uh, he's extremely productive. Uh, their best running back really since Jerome Bettis. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's understandable to miss that kind of production. However, um, the, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Stop thinking that this is, uh, this actually could happen. The only way that this would happen is if Le'Veon Bell got cut by the Jets and he signed a super-duper cheap deal with the Steelers. His current deal with the Jets would not allow for the Steelers to sign him. Why? Because their salary gap is so extremely thin. It's why I told you guys before, with free agency starting, there is no chance, and I mean no chance, the Steelers are going to be in play for some of the major players in free agency, and that includes some of the quarterbacks on the market. But but Le'Veon Bell is absolutely part of that that uh, that equation. He's not going to be coming back at any point in time. Don't be one of those people that are looking for him to come back. And you know, again, they got a, well, a million a million and a half cap space going into free agency, and you know already um, whatever they whatever they are going to open up by the cuts that they have. Supposedly Anthony Ciccolo, maybe Mark Barron, maybe Ramon Foster. And you know maybe restructuring a lot of guys around. They need to they need to extend Cam Hayward, which means they could they could you know make a deal that kind of gives him more space, uh, gives the team more space in twenty nine or twenty twenty, and maybe makes them pay a little bit more in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two when they expect Ben Roethlisberger to retire. Um, but there's there's so much speculation that can happen there, but none of it involves Le'Veon Bell, especially when the team has made it a priority to be uh, to bring back edge rusher Bud Dupree. So stop being on the Le'Veon Bell track. Stop being on the Antonio Brown track. Um, and, and again, there's a reason why I keep doing it. I've had, I've had a few of you uh, reach, reach out to me and say, hey, I, I really don't care for the Antonio Brown updates when they happen. Don't worry, there is one right now, so I'm not getting into that. But my point is that there are a lot of people, anytime something happens good with Antonio Brown, uh, they are like, come back, Antonio, we miss you. And I'm sure Steelers fans, you miss those highlights. I mean, especially if you're a young fan, you're like, man, like you grew up on watching Antonio Brown for the better part of a decade dominate the receiving game and be the best receiver in football in what was the best six-year stretch that any receiver has had uh, statistic-wise in the NFL. So I understand you know, feeling that part of it, but let's be realistic. He's never coming back. You know, as much as Stephen A. Smith wanted to ask Mike Tomlin about it, and and Mike Tomlin simply said, you know, the, it, it's, Mike Tomlin said no, and ESPN was still like, well, he left the door open. <laughs> um, people want this to happen because they 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 miss those highlights and those kind of plays. And he he is a great athlete, so I understand that. But the same thing goes for I think a lot of different angles that that that, that we see with with this team. Don't you know? Don't think anytime like people you know people were upset when Greg Olson announced that he was going to be joining uh, with the Seattle Seahawks. They were never in the running for Greg Olson, and they never should have been in the running for Greg Olson. They haven't. Uh, they have a an experienced tight end that gets injured a lot, and and but when he's healthy, is is very good. Um, 
yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past the Steelers to keep the door open to make some moves this offseason, but I would put it past them to ex- expect anything that would involve them reaching outside of themselves to make any big signings. They have a very good core right now. What they have to do is add to their offense, improve the running game, maybe improve the offensive line, maybe get another playmaker uh, in the in the backfield, maybe another playmaker at the, at the tight end position or the wide receiver position, um, and make sure Ben Roethlisberger is healthy. Because if he's not healthy, you're not going anywhere. And, and, I, and I think that's the bottom line, too, um, speaking on free agency, is that you know people are saying the Steelers should sign a veteran uh, a veteran backup quarterback. One, those are expensive. People don't realize that those guys often cost upwards of $7 million a year. Steelers don't have that kind of money if they're trying to sign Bud Dupree and make a few other moves this offseason to balance out the roster. Plus, they, do, do you really think that Marcus Mariota is going to join the Steelers and then all of a sudden they're going to be, th- th- that would save their season? Marcus Mariota probably might not have been able to get the Steelers to the playoffs last year, even if he had been on th- th- this team. Look at the Titans. They were they, they were abysmal with Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill came in and on, and he and he did exactly what Mike Tomlin said that he didn't that he wanted Devin Hodges to do. Don't lose the game for them. They had a power run game, and uh, you, you didn't notice Derrick Henry doing as well with Mariota out there with Ryan Tannehill. There was that balance there, and the defense for the Titans did very well. Now the Steelers' defense is better than the Titans' defense, but the the Steelers don't have a Derrick Henry. Maybe they can get a Derrick Henry in the in in the draft. There's a few guys I talked about last week's show uh, that that you know would be kind of interesting: Zach Moss, DeAndre Swift, um, uh, uh, J.K. Dobbins. I like Clyde Edwards Hilaire. There's a few guys that that you know maybe could be you know those X factor type of running backs for the Steelers uh next next year and those are on the list but stop thinking that the Steelers are going to make these big splash moves you don't want them to make these splash moves the football's not like that and good great organizations in football aren't aren't like that all all the time occasionally you make those splashes cuz you got the cap space but it's it's like what i said before you know just because you're not making big purchases at stores it doesn't mean you're poor it may mean that your assets are just worth a lot if I'm if I if I if I own a home and I don't have a lot as much money in my bank account because I'm because I'm paying a mortgage doesn't mean that you're that you're broke. It just means that you've invested your money into something into, into something better than just going to the store and buying all these uh, these, these things that you know they, they look nice but they're not as as valuable as this bigger item that you have. And the Steelers have that bigger item in a complete roster they've got their edge rushers they've got us they've got their safeties they've got cornerbacks locked up they've got an offensive line to protect ben roethlisberger they've got a couple they've got a bunch of young receivers they've got interior defensive linemen and maybe the best interior defensive lineman pair in the nfl right now and stefan Tuitt and cam hayward all that costs money and including a franchise quarterback who i just said is 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 looking like he's on track to be fully recovered so don't expect the Steelers to make a splash and don't feel bad that they can't right now they don't have to that's not the Steelers way so and uh, that, that's what I kind of wanted to get into is just you don't have to be one of those people that's out there thinking the Steelers got to make every big move in uh, in free agency and make make trades and all that stuff that's just not how they operate it's not how Kevin Colbert operates unless he sees a heck of a move on his radar like he did with Minka Fitzpatrick getting him for a first round pick that turned out to be the 18th pick of the NFL draft. All right, one more break, then it's time to get into Mock Draft Monday. 
Okay, everybody, let's get into Mock Draft Monday. Now, um, of course, I want to lead off this segment talking about the latest Mock Draft on the Draft Network. It's a great website where you can get all all your uh, your fix in on mock drafts and looking at prospects and ju- just looking at what who the Steelers might be able maybe to select their first pick of the NFL draft, that being the 49th overall pick in the, coming in the second round. So um, uh, this 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 mock draft is coming from Joe Marino, our buddy, uh, who's who's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Um, so you look, we're going to be looking at that today. And also, don't forget, we had our contest. I'm going to announce a winner by the end of this segment and go over your picks. So thanks for all those com- competing. If you missed this Mock Draft Monday uh, game that we play here for Locked On Steelers, join the Facebook group, Locked On Steelers group. Just go to Facebook, search Locked On Steelers. If you if you click on the group and you, and you ask, to, ask to join, I'll add you as soon as I can as I'm the admin. And then you'll be able to see all of the posts every Friday from this point until the NFL draft. I will put a mock draft Monday post just to say, hey, if you have a mock draft that you'd like to share with us, put in the comment section. You can just do a screen grab of what of what go you know you go to your favorite website to do mock drafts on whether it's the Draft Network or Draft Wizard or any one of those things that have a have a, a working a mock draft machine. You put you you do do a mock draft of just the Steelers. You post it in the comments section, and I'll go over my group to see who picked the best, who who has the best one. I think for that week. Uh, so yeah, without further ado, let's get into Joe Marino's mock draft. Now, uh, Joe, uh, in the first round, of course, the Steelers do not have a pick. Um, but still, it, we're going to go. We're going to look at it just to go over some points here because there are different approaches to how um to how the how this 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 looks um now joe kind of you know thought outside the box here one joe joe looks at also the potential of trades happening in the first round i personally don't believe in doing mock drafts with trades because then you get a little too crazy i i prefer to just project where you think each team is values their pick and what they want to get with who would be available on the board um and if people make trades people make trades but any but anybody can trade with anyone and it's just it's so it's such stabbing into the dark into the the dark to to see what that is like even more so than stabbing to the dark by just picking on who who people will select now it does seem the consensus pick in almost every mock draft i've read this this offseason is that the bengals pick joe burrow with one and washington picks Chase Young, edge rusher from Ohio State, with two. Chase Young may be the best player in, in this entire in this entire draft class. I mean, if you if you recall what he was doing at Ohio State, you know, he didn't, people were like, "Well, he cooled off at the end of the year." Did you see the teams triple teaming him, triple teaming him, not double teaming him, triple teaming him? They'd have a tackle on him, a tight end would help, and then they'd send a running back to go chip him. I mean, that 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 guy is a beast. Whoever he joins in the NFL is going to have a heck of a player. But what was interesting was. He switched it up here, Joe did, by saying the Lions would select Tua Tagovailoa. Now, everyone's kind of had Jeff Akuda or Isaiah Simmons or someone along those lines for the defense for the Lions, and no one has really picked the Lions to have a quarterback because they have Matt Stafford. Well, he believes that that, that you're they're looking at at what's happening with with my with Matt Matt Stafford and how he missed the the last half of the 2019 season with injuries and thinks you know what it may be more beneficial to get to get them and then another injury may be on the way that was interesting although he did have the Giants sticking to what a lot of people were picking the Giants pick and that's the best offensive tackle on the board Jedrick Wills from Alabama 
that's that 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 and that is a that is a big move um for the for the Giants. They need to protect Daniel Jones. They also need a guy that's gonna help in the run game for Saquon Barkley. I think that their best pick would be addressing the offensive line. That's where I have them making this the selection too. Um he then has at five Justin Herbert being selected by the Dolphins, the quarterback, big guy out of Oregon, um, big arm. You know, still, still a little bit of a project. He didn't look like he had, like he didn't look like all of that this this year, this past year. But um, but certainly he's a top prospect for he's the prototypical build of a quarterback. Uh, then apparently the the Jaguars will trade up into the sixth seed from the Chargers, uh, and that's where you see Jeffrey Okuda, the top cornerback of this draft class from Ohio State, being drafted basically to replace Jalen Ramsey. Interesting pick there from Joe Marino. Moving down the list, the Colts selecting Derek Brown. That's a very Early pick for Derek Brown. I guess they're they're also trading up with the Carolina Panthers there. Uh, Derek Brown's an interior defensive lineman. A lot of people have him in the first round, but much later. Um, the Cardinals taking the first receiver off the board and CeeDee Lamb. Um, and then you start to see offensive linemen flying off the board. And this is why I continue to tell you guys, don't be hyped off of the off off of the Steelers picking an offensive lineman with that second round pick. Why? Because I estimate there's going to be about 13 to 14 teams selecting offensive linemen before the Steelers even get to pick. Do you really want the Steelers to be selecting the 15th best offensive lineman when they need a run, they need a, a full-time running back or at least a, a dynamic running back that's going to boost their offense and they have a they might have a shot at picking one of their top 3 running backs from this class compared to the top 15 what well, picking the 15th or 20th best offensive lineman. I just think that's a that's a waste. But here you go, the Chargers picking Tristan Wirfs to tackle out of out of Iowa. Then uh Isaiah Simmons finally going at 10 to the Eagles linebacker to Clemson. Isaiah Simmons is looking like he is the best linebacker in this in this draft class. Heck of an athlete. Then the Jets selecting Mekhi Becton, who was my favorite coming into this mock this mock draft season. But I think everyone else has been peeped to his game, and so now he's jumped up a lot. Then you see a run at receivers and Jerry Judy to the Raiders, Henry Ruggs to uh, to the Bills, and in, in, in consecutive picks. Uh, then the Lions back on the board. I guess they didn't trade their first, according to Joe <laughs> Joe Marino, uh, getting Javon Kinlaw. So they get their interior defensive lineman. Then the Broncos get Jalen Rager out of TCU. Cleveland Chasen going to the Falcons. And then uh, Cowboys getting uh, safety Xavier McKinney. Now, this is an interesting part here. Dolphins get, get Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle from Georgia. This is the pick the Steelers traded away. And, uh, you know, this is my standard thing on the show. Is that better than Minka Fitzpatrick? Hell no. So, but um, but Andrew Thomas is a very good offensive tackle. I think he, I think he would be a heck of a get for the Steelers. But might r- much rather have that that defensive captain threat for the next decade or so and, and make a Fitzpatrick, especially on the cheap deal that he has. Um, so moving through the rest of the 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 uh the first round, so we can get to the Steelers' actual pick here uh, and get you guys out of here. Uh, next offensive lineman to go is Josh Jones to the Browns at twenty one. Um. Looking through the rest of the first round, there's a few receivers. Justin Jefferson going to the Saints, though it's interesting. He's basically Michael Michael Thomas, so they'd be having two not so fast but very good uh, possession receivers that could be playmakers. Um, got the Ravens selecting Zach Bond, edge rusher from Wisconsin. Um, so that that was kind of interesting. Then you have uh, the Niners selecting Caesar Ruiz, interior offensive lineman from Michigan. Um, so I thought that was. In, an interesting set of picks there. Uh, but then Joe gets into the second round, and this is when it starts to get tricky. You know, he has the Bengals going cornerback 
at the 33rd overall pick. And so the Steelers, remember that, 49. That's what we're working our way to. Um, but he has them selecting Damon Arnett, the other Ohio State cornerback. Then finally, Jordan Love coming off the board at quarterback for the for the Colts in the second round. Jordan Love, I, I like Jordan Love. He's a good quarterback for for Utah State. I think he has potential in the NFL, but I'm not all the way sold on him now. If, this, if he falls into the third round, which I do not think is even possible, and the Steelers could trade up for him, sure, give that a shot. You know, maybe gets you know bring him in and bring and maybe he becomes the franchise quarterback down the line. But I, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to sell the farm on Jordan Jordan Love um, for, for, for this for this season. Uh, moving right along, Lions get a cornerback and Noah Igbino Gany, I think that's how you say his name. Uh, Grant Delpit, safety for LSU going to the Giants in the second round. Man, did that guy fall off a cliff? He was coming into this this college season. He was the top safety and you know maybe maybe we're speculating he'd be a top five pick with how good he was supposed to be. And he got hurt, didn't have a great year when he came back. Even though LSU won the national championship, he has fallen off. Then you see DeAndre Swift, the first running back coming off the board. This is my point. In the 37th pick of the draft, the first running back, it took that long to address it. That's why I just think running back is the position that they should be looking at right now. Next goes uh, Ross Blacklock to the Panthers, interior defensive lineman. Then you do see J.K. Dobbins to the Dolphins at 39, um, and that's fair. Cardinals getting interior defensive lineman Deval Gallimore. Then Browns at 41 getting Ashton Davis, safety from California. Another and then another run of offensive linemen right right before the Steelers pick. And I mean when I say a run, I mean a run of what think what four people? Lloyd Cushenberry, the third. Uh, first of all, that name, Lloyd Cushenberry the third, epic. Love it. Uh, he's but he's a he's a guard for, uh, slash center. For, for from LSU going to the Chargers, Matt Hennessy, interior offensive lineman going from Temple going to the Bears, then Lucas Neong, offensive tackle from TCU going to the Panthers, then Austin Jackson, offensive tackle from USC going to the Buccaneers. That's four straight linemen. That's what I'm telling you, and and that's that's light. You know, people are thinking that there's going to be more t- more offensive linemen that go like that. Then the Broncos get Trevon Diggs uh, from the cornerback from Alabama. Falcons get interior defensive linemen. Then, just before the Steelers pick, the Jets get Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle from Georgia, the other offensive tackle. So that's that's just a whole bunch of linemen right there. Um, so who who does Joe Marino have the Steelers picking? It's Josh Uche, Joshua Uche, edge rusher from Michigan. Get the hell get out of here, Joe. The Steelers are signing Bud Dupree. Ladies and gentlemen, do yourselves a service in these mock drafts. Stop picking edge rushers with the Steelers' top pick. I can see in the middle rounds them getting another edge rusher just to boost their their, their depth. But come on, Bud Dupree is is staying here. You know, by, by all accounts, the Steelers want to make it happen. He wants to make it happen. Um, and, and every source that I've that I have with with the team is suggesting, you know what, this that that both sides want to get this done, and it will get done just in due time. So stop picking edge rushers with that top pick, and uh, Joe Marino, shame on you for doing that. But I, but you know, it's it's tough to 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 know everyone in the league. So I understand that no one has their ear ear to the ground about everybody. Um, but the rest of the off the rest of the second round kind of f- finishes out with the Browns getting T Higgins, wide receiver from Clemson. Um, other notable gets there: Jonathan Taylor, running back from Wisconsin, going to the Falcons at fifty five. Uh, Raekwon Davis going at fifty six to the Dolphins. This this would be a heck of a haul for the Dolphins, in my opinion. Um, Ravens getting Devon Hamilton, interior defensive lineman from Ohio State, and uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going to the Chiefs at sixty three. I think that would be a heck of a, a get for them with the way that they play offense. So, with all that being said, let's get to the top fan locked on Steelers 
uh, mock draft here. And the winner is my man Scott Pavel coming in with the haymaker of mock drafts. And this was a tough week. A lot of you guys had very good mock drafts. There was some amazing picks. I don't know how the engines that you guys were working with gave you some of these picks. Um, I saw some DeAndre Swifts combined with things. But uh, this this was a heck of a combination because it addressed so many needs for the Steelers in order. Um, and it was kind of wild. But Scott, great job to you. Our buddy Scott Pavel does his own. I've seen him do his own uh, Steelers big board. I believe he's on uh, uh, Steelers uh, Depot right now. That's where he does his work. But we used to, we used to do stuff together for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com way back in the day um but i just saw his post scott's a, a very knowledgeable guy like like a lot of his work so congratulations scott but let's get into his picks he had at the 49th overall pick jk dobbins running back of ohio state you've heard me talk about him i love this guy as a pick i don't even think he'll make it out of the first round um in this combine this upcoming weekend i think he's going to light it up and i think that a lot of teams are going to see that and they're like well he's he goes to the top of our board and uh he's gonna he's gonna be picked in the middle to late first round um and he won't be available but um uh, but you know I, Steelers fans should be excited if that if that guy is available, um, just like they should be excited about DeAndre Swift and a few of the other running backs that are there. But what really made this draft for me, this this mock draft, and made it made it win for me was the fact that somehow Scott gets Lucas Young, offensive tackle from TCU. A lot of I have a lot, a lot of mock drafts. I even myself, I think that Young is going to go before the Steelers pick in the in there with their second round pick. I don't think that this is going to be, I don't think he's going to be available for them to pick in the first go around, let alone second. If the Steelers are able to get, um, and also Scott did it with, uh, for, you know, was able to get the, the Steelers comp potential compensatory pick, which with the 102nd pick of the draft to get Neon. I, I, if the Steelers get Neon and, and Dobbins with their first two picks without having to trade up, oh my goodness, that, that's a, that's a win. I, I like Neon. This I do think the Steelers need to improve in the trenches. They need to get guys that are going to open up the run game. I do believe in that philosophy. My my one thing is this though: the Steelers have a lot of not starters that you know non starters right now in the offensive in the at the offensive tackle position that 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 could be upgraded this year. You got Zach Banner who's really coming along and he's really showing good good strides of improvement. You've got a Chikuma Okorafor. Who's uh who's who? I think he has a lot of the potentials. He just has to learn how to get nasty in the offensive line. The guy's big. The guy has really good footwork. He just needs he needs to learn how to finish people off instead of just trying to do his job as an offensive tackle. And that that's something that common happens. Um, I'll get into that uh, later this uh, this off season as we get get closer to the season and start reviewing what players have to do to improve. Um, but. Um, you got those two playing offensive tag. You still got Villanueva. You still got Matt Filer, and you can move Matt Filer to guard, where he his build would actually be really good for that. He seems more comfortable there than at the tackle position. So um, there's no necessarily need to go with your top pick and go for the tackle position, even though I, you know if you if they could get a top tier tackle in this class, absolutely go get it. There's a heck of a year to get offensive linemen. But if you get Neong in the third round with that compensatory pick. You're winning. Then you get Asha Davis, safety out of Cal. The Steelers do need to address the depth position. It's uh, the depth, uh, depth of their safety position. It is rough. They've got Terrell Edmonds. They've got um, Minka Fitzpatrick, and that's it. You know, George Jordan Dangerfield is an unrestricted free agent. I don't expect him to go anywhere. 
Um, I, I think that he would be willing to come back to the Steelers for the cheap. He knows their system. Um, he's not exactly a, a, an extreme playmaker. He's not even really a playmaker. Um, he, he hasn't really started much outside of a couple games for the Steelers. So uh, why change up systems where Mike Tomlin has shown him a lot of love over the years? I've seen him stare, uh, you know, specifically work with Jordan Dangerfield to get better. And uh, Dale Lolly brought up an interesting prospect of why would why 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 would why would about what about the Steelers? Bringing back Sean Davis, uh, something that a lot of people assumed wouldn't happen with how his his time in Pittsburgh ended. He didn't come back um, with the you know to to work with the Steelers uh, after his injury. So a lot of people presumed he was gone. But Dale was 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 saying Sean Davis. It could be seen him coming back would be a good thing for the Steelers. Why? Because now they'd have that depth safety and they could probably rotate all three of of those safeties around a lot. Um, and have those guys playing playing together, Edmonds, Fitzpatrick, and Davis. All three of them have started for the defense. They'll know the defense, and then and they can all three could both play in the box and play deep and be good athletes, um, and know know the system. And this would be good for Sean Davis because you know his past. You know he didn't exactly have a great great time in Pittsburgh. He was decent, um, and the Steelers value him for what he did, but other teams won't va- won't value it as much. And after being hurt for for pretty much all season. He's not going to get the major deal that he want that he needs to get uh, for the for the talent that he is in the NFL. So give him one more year for that, and I think that that would work. Um, I, I I don't see uh, I don't see any illogical steps in there. But moving forward with the rest of Scott's uh, mock draft, he has in the uh, fourth round them selecting Ash Davis safety center Caesar Ruiz from Michigan. Um, I think that's that that's a good pickup. You know, a project of alignment, but a good project to have. They do need to address the center position soon, sooner rather than later, um, just to get reinforcements there. Because B.J. Finney is also an unrestricted free agent. Um, it's rumored that he's been hanging around the Steelers facility and that he might be coming back because he does love the Steelers. He, he his him and his family grew up Steelers fans, so it's 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 easy to see um, the, the the connection there. But then in the sixth round. Thaddeus Moss, tight end from LSU. The guy I was talking about earlier, that's Randy Moss's son. Seventh round, he is receiver Courtney Davis getting picked up. But this is one thing that I want to remind all of you. The tight end position is not good this year. Do not try to pick a tight end with the second round pick. It's just, it's it, it would be a waste. Not just because the Steelers... Uh, not not you know they they need other positions, but also because these guys, a lot of these tight ends, one general generally tight ends take time to develop. They don't come they they don't come up right away. They don't they're not they're not immediate contributors. But also on top of that, they 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 need tight ends that can block and catch. And there's not a lot of really big blocking tight ends in this draft that are even worth a second round pick. Uh, so. You wait till later. Get a guy that that, that that could be developed. Thaddeus Moss also only played in 2019 and 2016. He had injuries and other issues, and he transferred. So don't don't go just jumping, you know, jumping and selling the selling the farm for Thaddeus Moss. If you can get him later, get him later. Heck of a draft, Scott Pavel. Congratulations on winning the Locked On uh, Steelers Mock Draft Monday Fan Contest. Be sure to, to stick stick with us next week. I'll be posting another. The, another posting uh, next or this upcoming Friday to, for another shot to be uh, to put your mock draft in and get mentioned on the show. Uh, thanks for all those who who participated. Stick with it. I hope that you I hope you'll, you'll probably get in. I'm, I'm going to do like new winners every week. I'm not going to pick the same people. So uh, and, and I also would like to talk about different athletes. So we'll get into that as well. But that's mock draft Monday. 
Thanks for listening to the show. If you like the show, please hit the subscribe button. If you haven't already, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the places where podcasts are hosted. If you're loving the show, please leave a five-star review and a positive comment. Thank you to those who do this already. And we have a new five-star review. So, again, if you if you leave a five-star review with a positive comment, as long as it's safe for work, I will read it on air. This one comes from jmerk underscore 43, who gives us five stars and says, Locked in. Chris and Tony are the perfect blend of coffee and cream. They, their knowledge of football and my beloved Steelers are second to none. They keep you up to date with current events and even help you reminisce about prior seasons and players. The best part of the program is their humor and willingness to interact with us fans. Look no further for your favorite Steelers podcast as it is right here. Salute to you, Chris and Tony. Your hard work and preparation is appreciated here. Thanks so much, J. Mark. Really appreciate you. And I love that you brought up Tony because you know what tomorrow is, everybody? It's Tony Tuesdays. And he can't run from us now. I've already confirmed. I reached out. I was like, hey, you're coming on this Tuesday. You missed the last one. We couldn't do the one before because of the Ultimate Division crossover. Tony's back, y'all. He's going to be doing Tuesday tomorrow. Stay tuned. Come back tomorrow. It's going to be a fun one. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Steelers podcast. We'll catch you on Tuesday.